Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. This is episode 128, and today we are recapping our top five of the halfway mark of 2021. And I'm your host, Eric Lee. I am joined, as always, by my cohorts, Mike Campbell and Liz Williams. And so, so, so the top, so the top five of the first half of 2021 is really 15 films. And, and you take the square yep. root of that. <laughs> yeah. Log five. Just want to make of, sure how many yeah. we're talking about here. Yep. We're talking. We're talking 15 films. 15 films total. But 15 of the we, best. Uh, the we might. Bet, we we probably have some we crossover. Have some we may have. Oh yeah. No, we probably will. So. Um, but you have. You could have, be five. Could be 15. We don't know. But you have ten. You have 10 backups though. I have two backups. <laughs> I have There's two. no backups. We don't need to do backups when we're doing this. We're just comparing these things. Yeah. So, uh, but how would you? But how would you? How would you guys characterize how 2021 has shaken out? Are you seeing any themes emerging? Are you seeing any any thoughts or ideas or or any anything? Because I because no, I'm seeing smorgasbord. Well, you know, I think one of the things that I've noticed is that we're we're getting a run that that they they. they they had a lot of movies that were go- were queued up for last mm-hmm. year. Right. The, the studio productions are coming out now. But we've been doing that yep. for two years, though. Right. Well, yeah. I mean... It, oh, it, yeah. It, it, one it, of mine we talked about in 2019, <laughs> as I was looking forward to in 2020, <laughs> oh, and came go. out in 2021. So. Yeah, I think uh, this is... Uh, you know, because we, we had a run where I saw a, um, a, a studio release in... Because I'm dying to go to the movie theater. Right. And, and so that... Uh, we, how many... We, we've seen... How many have we seen together? We've seen, seen two. Two. two yeah. And then I've we, seen... Which we might be talking about. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe. We might. We might. We might. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I almost did five weeks in a row um, because this, this week was... Or last weekend was old. And then you, I think you and I talked about this. And I was like, eh, I don't know if it's really a horror movie. And, have you seen old yet, Liz? Did you? No, I want to see it, but I don't know if I want to go to the theater to yeah, see it. That's a that that is a sham hammer production, and and that, that is a total roll of the twenty sided die as to what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be great. It could. I hear stink. there's a twist. I mean, of yeah, of course it's got a twist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, and it's like, there's and a twist, and they're all from Mars. Well, and, you know what you I've know. been hearing about it is that the twist is you're going to get hoodwinked because it's getting sold as a horror film, but it's really just a barely a sci-fi movie. Yeah, well, uh, the ah. advertising, the, I think the the like one of the uh, testimonials that they give is the scariest beach movie since <laughs> scariest Jaws. scariest beach movie. So you know, it's what? Like, <laughs> yeah, I you know that's I mean I mean that's that's Jaws I mean, wasn't even a beach movie. What, what happened? What happened to uh, uh, Blood the Beach? beach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you know, uh, Dagon. Come on. Um, so you know that that's I think that that's what I what I picked up on was that we're we had they 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 held back on some of these productions. Right. Uh, Spiral. Uh, yep. From the mm-hmm. Book of Saw. Yep. They held back. Uh, we're going to get Halloween coming up. Right. Um, I love Quiet how Place I love how when, held up. I love how um, when people say the Book of Saw, it always sounds like sort of a, like a biblical reference, and I'm like, it is. What, it's <laughs> like what, what are their what are their books of? Yeah. Is, is yeah, there right. like a, like a deeper, darker yeah. revelations is, yeah. in the Book of Saw? This is yeah. <laughs> second Saw, and lo, there was eye gouging. Right? <laughs> so, um, but uh, you know, I think that that some of the other things, and I, I think. 
Similarly, we we've got uh, a bunch of the festivals coming out now, right? Which, and we I'm mm-hmm. currently right in the middle of uh, Portland Horror Film Festival, the best film festival in America. There you go. Yep. Frank, frankly, yep. if, I can, you, if I can if I can be so honest. Uh, so that's that's underway, and then. Uh, Popcorn Frights is coming up, and it's got a veritable mountain of movies. Yeah, uh, I think they've got they've got a streaming festival and an in theater festival, and they're completely different, and they're running at the same time. And I think there's like eighteen movies in each each section. Yeah, there's a pile yeah. of stuff. Yep, and, and a lot of it is pretty unique to them, and it yeah. hasn't made there it hasn't made its way yeah. through the circuit yet. Yeah, and there's no over. And that's one of the remarkable things as I looked at. Portland Horror Film Festival and looking at their stuff, you know, Portland Horror Film Festival, they've got they've got nine uh, nine features, right, and uh, and and no overlap, right, uh, and so it's yep. like all right, uh, that's that's we're we're uh, it, that's encouraging. So it's I think my impression is uh, a lot of stuff that's new, but a lot of the stuff is coming now. We didn't get right. a lot of stuff in the winter. Uh, we had South by Southwest. Oh, oh! I see what you're saying in terms of film festival stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, and just, just horror, the the horror movies. I mean, I I think there's some stuff that came out on streaming, and maybe that's that we'll, yeah. we'll be getting to some of that. We're gonna be mm-hmm. we're gonna be talking about one of those films right at the top, right tonight. All right, so right at um, the top. But before we get going, we've got to I think give credit to our give credit where credit is where due. credit is due, yep. and 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 it's due much more to these good folks than almost anybody else in the industry. Uh, our uh, affiliate partner, Fangoria. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, if, for those of you who've been to our site, you may have noticed that, that we have a, a Fangoria uh, discount available uh, courtesy yes, yes, of the yes. various things. Um, you can, uh, this is the most famous name in horror print media. It's now a premium grade printed magazine. And I just so happen to have the latest magazine here. What? Uh, the, the, the cover, yep. the cover I know, I got that one too. That was exciting. Werewolves Within uh, on the cover, which was, uh, if you want to know more about Werewolves Within, it's a fun werewolf comedy. Joseph Perry reviewed it for us. That's right. Give it four stars. Um, so it's chock full of all of our favorite kind of articles that you're, that, uh, that only Fangoria would be able to give you, like, Girl school ghosts, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and exclusives in on behind the scenes action. I think they've got uh, the green, uh, the green knight, which is something that is currently playing in the theaters, which is sort of an art house fantasy horror uh, film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do retrospectives. We got something about let's fix three slasher films, namely Friday the Thirteenth, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and um, Shocker. You know, and it's filled with all kinds of stuff, and it purely for the horror fans out there. Um, and so, what we have to offer for you is, you can go back to the back catalog of their uh, of the most current run, and you can get twenty percent off, and also on T-shirts and and mugs and all kinds of other Fangoria swag if you use the code TST twenty. Heck yeah! And you know, we talked we what we talked about a couple of podcasts ago when we first announced this awesome partnership was the fact that. Fangoria is an incredible reference guide. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, for me, it's like watching Repo Man. It's like every time I watch Repo Man, I see something completely different. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I was, I'm not even sure half the time if I've even seen Repo Man and I watch it again and go, what the hell was that? I didn't right. see that the first time I watched it. Right. That's like picking up an, an issue of the new, the new Fangoria because mm-hmm. it is so cram packed full of stuff. Yeah. 
you can you can pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down, and you will still find new yeah. stuff over and over and over. And it's got all those nice gory pictures. That and it's got nice gory pictures. Yep. Who doesn't love? Come on! <laughs> it's a torso ripped in half. Who doesn't love a torso ripped in half? So, anyways, Fangoria folks, uh, there they are now, family. That's right. Yep. All right. Yep. So let's get let's get cooking with. Um, our top fives from from this year. Heck um, yeah! Why don't we start with Liz? All right. Liz, what All is right. your number five movie? Okay, my number five movie is a film that I reviewed for uh, Panic Fest, and it is called Keeping Company, directed oh, by right. Josh Wallace. And speaking of popcorn frights, you will have the opportunity to stream this one at Popcorn Frights. It's going to be one of the features playing in their at-home version of the festival. Yes. And this one is about some uh, door-to-door insurance salesman who pretty much, I want to say knock on the wrong door, but they don't. They get into a car accident with the wrong guy and, huh, well, he, he doesn't have car insurance, so they're going <laughs> to sell it to him. And, uh, but he is the wrong one and he's got something going on in the basement of his creepy house and this turns into a little bit of People Under the Stairs meets Motel Hell, uh, but set in the insurance world. So it is very fun and very funny. And uh, so, the question, Liz? Yes. Because you know nobody really likes uh, having door to door insurance sales. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Door. Do they? <laughs> are they? Are they fun, obnoxious, but sympathetic characters, or are they the type of people you want to see horrible things happen to? No, they are fun and sympathetic, uh, but they're starting to lose their shit because <laughs> no one <laughs> wants to have door-to-door insurance people coming to them. So, you know, they're trying real hard to make a sale. They've got a ball-busting boss who is pretty much pitting everybody in the company against each other, saying, if you just do this, you'll be the next manager. And uh, oh, God. so these two got to gotta get that revenue up and sales we literally run right into their next customer but he turns out to be the wrong one so i gave this a four out of five stars on the scariestthings.com one t and it's fun funny creative and very very silly and it won the um, audience choice for best feature at panic fest oh nice oh cool very cool. Everybody will enjoy it. And where is the streaming again? Keeping company. Right now, it's still on the festival circuit, okay. but you'll be able to check it out at Popcorn Frights. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Very cool. You can do a pass or individual tickets. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, check I, it out. I suspect this is going to be one of those kinds of things that's going to be a hit on Shutter. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect for Shutter. Kind yeah. of a a, a mid a mid brow, right, 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 uh, yes. right. crowd pleaser kind of a thing. Yeah, yes. All right, Eric, what you got? Number five, go. Uh, I am uh, bringing up the opening movie from the Portland Horror Film Festival this year. Um, but it's an old, what? it's a the, the zombie thing. No, oh. no, no. Oh, not, I was there on one. Wednesday. No, yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike <laughs> I missed, missed the one day. First, the first day. Uh, this is actually it's a very familiar story. This is the turn of the screw. Oh right, um, cool. Which is, uh, you know, I think uh, the, the the production. It's it. You know, they they recently tried to do a version of the turn the turning turn of the screw, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, was, which was not a re- which modern was not update a, called the turning. 
which is not a trauma film. No, and, <laughs> and it's not a very good film. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the problem is, you know, the 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 the, the movie's supposed to be about the governess in the in, in the turning, and then they they, they they there was the star power of Finn Wolfhard as a as a petulant teenager, right? But right. It just didn't that just didn't work. And and uh, this one is. Um, uh, this you know it's a classic gothic tale yeah um, and by Henry James right written in 1898 and um, uh, it is one of the uh, the touchstone ghost stories of all time I mm-hmm. think you you'd, you'd also you know uh, haunting of Hill House right would mm-hmm. be similar um, and I think fact, Bly they, Manor is yes to turn a screw yes yeah. it is uh, and so yeah. so that's a uh, the, is that that's Netflix, right? Yes, yeah. Mike Flanagan. Yep, and and so uh, I haven't caught that, but now I'm intrigued to see it. The, the, what the, the twist here mm-hmm. is that this is actually there's an actress, a young actress who comes in to as a as a last minute substitute for the previous lead who was playing the governess in in the Turn of the Screw as a stage production in Wellington, uh, New Zealand. Right, and uh, mm-hmm. so this is their final dress rehearsal. They just they 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 drove her in through the rain to to show up to do this last last ditch rehearsal, and uh, she she's looking for her big break, and and she says, "Well, what happened to the last actress?" It's like, "Well, she had a breakdown." <laughs> it's like, Oops. Okay, um, but it's a this is a, 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 the prototype. You know, old haunted. Uh, there's like there's there's two children that are orphans that she has been assigned to be the governess for, and they are interacting with ghosts. And it's sort of it's like don't don't talk to the ghosts. So it's not the it's not the play that drove the previous person crazy. It was. It was. Oh, it was the play. Okay. And so that's okay. it's, so it's a double layer cake in this way because uh, what 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 you do is you get double layer ghost cake. Where where mm. what 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 you get is is you have the the actress going through just. You know she's you know dumped into the deep end of the pool, right? And um and the the director goes, well, you know, don't worry about it. We're a couple actors short, but we'll you know just follow the spotlight and uh, and it'll guide you around. And we've got all these. The, don't worry about the, the the noises. That's all. We have this new fancy fancy uh, fancy effects uh, machine, and <laughs> and um, she gets completely rattled during uh-huh. the performance. It is actually a very straight up performance of yeah. the, the the turn of the screw, right, 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 um, and uh, include you know that 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 you get um, uh, the 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 two kids the 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 who interact with the ghosts and they don't they they claim to not know anything about the ghosts and right. the ghosts are just they're they're full of great jump scares with that, um, but it is it looks like a stage production because it is yeah and and. Um, but it's this double layer of the character thinks that she's going mad, the actress thinks she's going mad, and 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 it all plays together. And it has the and I and for those of you who are not familiar with the story, there's a wonderful tragic ending to the Henry James tale. They play that out, but then there's a second layer of gotcha. That's third. At the that's end. third layer. That's, yeah, it's, third it's, layer it's, of the ghost. It's cake. a three, three layer ghost. <laughs> the three cake. layer cake. So, anyways, uh, very enjoyable. Okay. It's, okay. It is. Um, it's a small production. I this one may be hard to find down the road. Sure, uh, like so. A lot of the Portland Horror Film Festival stuff is sort of art house cinema. Yeah, um, keep your but, eyes peeled. Uh, it might get picked up by Shutter, mm-hmm. or it, it's it, it looks like something that AMC or IFC Midnight might pick up. Mm-hmm. It, uh, mm-hmm. 
but it's it's wonderfully acted. It looks fantastic, um, and it's a the original story is terrific. And they yeah. didn't they didn't fuck with it. It yeah. was just it was like give it give it straight up. But the modern twist is really cool the way that they do it. So Shutter, if you're listening, pick it up. Turn of the screw, yep. 2021. All right. Uh, as the resident wrong turn expert uh, on the Scariest <laughs> Things podcast, <laughs> and for those of you at home who are counting, this is technically wrong turn seven, of which I have seen seven wrong turn films. This is the new 2021 written by Alan B. McElroy, who wrote the very first Wrong Turn film, and this one stars Matthew Modine. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yes, that Matthew Modine, and he is <laughs> wonderful in the film. He is really, really wonderful, and this film is radically different than the first six. Uh, it follows a generally the same pattern, but it's a very, very different protagonist in this or uh, antagonist in this case. Um, McElroy creates this really fascinating backstory involving pre-Civil War, this sort of like pre-Civil War kind of uh, utopian Scandinavian sort of witchcraft society that sort of pulls themselves away from both the North and the South, waiting for either the North or the South to pummel the other. And these 12 families <laughs> retreat to the, the Appalachian Hills and create this thing called the Foundation. And of course, as we all know, right. The North moved on and the South, well, kind of moved never, on. Never forgets. <laughs> uh, but the foundation definitely did not move on. And so, um, you know, there are these, this sort of weird, uh, as I say, sort of can- Scandinavian magic occult uh, group of hillbillies, but they're not really hillbillies because they're, they're fairly sophisticated. So if you're looking for the kind of the grizzly mutant uh, Texas Chainsaw-esque hillbillies from uh, Wrong Turns 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, you won't find it here. Uh, you'll find something, as I say, a little bit more sophisticated. And certainly Matthew Mo- Modine brings a, a, a great deal of sophistication to the film. Don't be turned off by the fact that this is a wrong turn film because it's really, really good. I, I would say the, the very first wrong turn film is good. I would say two, three, four, five, and six are like, eh. it's, it's kind of a weird mix. Hats off mix. to you for actually getting through those. I, I know. It's a weird mixed bag of stuff, but this one is a solid movie. And I, I'm telling you here, I'm, I'm parking a flag uh, very solidly into the ground. Uh, this is not going to deviate from my top 10 list at the end of the year. This is staying right. on the list because it is it's wow. a really, right. it's a really, okay. really good film. Staking stake yeah. and, stake and claims. That's right. Uh, it reminds me kind of like uh, when I saw Puppet Master, uh, right. uh, The Littlest Reich. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Same and thing. That was, it's like that had no right to be as good as it was. Right. Right. It's, right. A, it's like it's a tired right. franchise. What are they going to do new? And it was, a, it was, and it was like, Wow, I I I had no idea. Yeah, like that the the first the first two puppet masters are great, and then three, four, five, six, seven, seven. eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve, thirteen <laughs> are not good. No, it's just like it's they are. You know, it's it is it is hot off the stamping press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and and uh, yeah, it, it's always great when you see a fresh reboot. Yep, uh, a movie that is not on my list 
and wouldn't wouldn't it was not good enough to make the list tried yeah yeah, yeah. and that was spiral book of saw they tried yeah, yeah. they tried to do exactly they yep. tried to do a uh, an interesting might be on reboot. someone else's list Uh-oh. oh <laughs> speaking of okay, all right Liz, Liz, what do you got for number hey, four would that happen to be coming uh, up <laughs> it's not number four um <laughs> 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 uh, my number four is the first in the trilogy fear street oh so yeah fear street 1994 directed by Lee Janiak. Awesome. Uh, so another good. four out of five for me. So good. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm seeing things all over the internet of people trying to rank the trilogy, and this one is not ranking higher for most people, but to me, it kind of, this was definitely number one. <laughs> Wait, what, uh, what, are, what are people putting as the first, not the second one? That seventy-eight, yeah. Bah, no way. Yeah, yeah. No way. <laughs> the ranking's easy. So what, it's it's so, one, two, three. So what was the? I, what, I what agree. One, two, three. So Nin- we've got Fear Street, nineteen ninety-four, yeah, nineteen seventy-eight, and sixteen sixty-six. Okay, six, six, because six. It's a witch in it, so we got to go back to the old, you know, witch trial time. So right, right. this one. Uh, Lee Janiak directed Honeymoon, which we all liked. That Love was the one it. starring uh, Rose Leslie from yep. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And so this is like her second, her sophomore effort. And she gets a trilogy from Netflix based on Fear Street. You know, like, <laughs> wow, okay. Um, and I never really read the Fear Street books. I was a Christopher Pike fan. They These were my secondary choice. But um, this has it all. A massacre at the mall, the '90s, an amazing '90s soundtrack, like perfect oh '90s soundtrack. God, it's the it, yeah, it's great. So, it's so great, and it was surprisingly gory. I did yep. not think it was going to be that gory, right so it gave me everything I wanted. Right yeah. there on my couch. I, Thank yeah. you, Netflix. See what Netflix can do when they put their mind to it and don't make crap like what uh, was that. Stanley Tucci one. <laughs> oh God, yeah, with the giant bat things. Yeah. Uh, oh God, that was yeah. awful. Bird, bird box? Not bird box. Yeah. It was the bird box ripoff. Oh no! Oh, that's yeah. right. No, no, that was the one. They weren't yeah, blind. Like... They weren't blind. The woman was deaf. But then there was the the stupid giant bat creatures. Oh God, that was terrible. Yeah, oh. that's yeah. the one. Don't read my so review. Can do good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they did with yeah. Fear Street. Fear so Street, yeah. That is my Fear number Street's four. So pick. much fun. All right. So much fun. Yeah, I love that one. Yep. So, uh, my number two uh, was from Wait. the um, South by Southwest Film Festival. Oh. And we actually got a chance to interview the director, Travis Stevens. Oh. Uh, this is Jacob's mm-hmm. wife. It's an essay yep. on midlife menopausal crisis by way of vampirism. Crap, I totally forgot about this one. Yeah. No, this is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, let me uh, better take a look at your list. I might uh, have to adjust my list. So, uh, Jacob's wife delivers uh, great character arcs and, and engaging acting. Barbara Crampton has been given a real meaty role to bite into, uh, pun intended. Uh, and she she delivers, I think, what I would... I'd say it's the her uh, in her career. I I thought wow. she was great, and I thought Larry Fessenden is also stellar mm-hmm. as the well-intentioned minister. Yep, Jacob totally her is. Husband. Totally and, is. And Larry actually, and and the great thing for both, you know, Larry often doesn't get to play the lead. Right. Right. He doesn't. He he's 
he often ends up becoming some like schlubby wino yeah. or a loser dude or, you know, a victim. And and here he actually gets to to play a very nuanced character. And this is, uh, you know, it it's a a movie that shows the 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 stress upon a middle middle aged uh, couple. Um, although Barbara Crampton has, you know, she is an ageless wonder, looks absolutely fantastic for being, I think she might be early sixties, si- early sixties. I think. Yeah. She looks great. Um, and, and actually Larry's never looked better either. Yeah. That's kind of a, it's kind of a low, <laughs> yeah. low threshold. But, um, are we love they're, you, Larry. Yeah. I think well, Larry, Larry is a gift to, uh, the horror movie. Industry. Oh my God. Is he ever, he's, uh, uh yeah. he is our, he is the next generation's, um, Roger Corman. Oh um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, yeah. Because he, he produces and supports and does the cheap movies and gets gets directors their start and 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 I think you know he, might not the, be the, quite the, as prolific. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I mean it's sort of but in the same way. I yeah, mean, that yeah, he, yeah. That no, he fills yeah. that same you're, role you're for totally a lot right. of you're totally right. A lot of folks. Um, but in the you know after talking about all this in in the end, this is a vampire movie, right? Uh, and in which mm-hmm. there is a rat vampire. Sneaking around, and actually, the funny thing is that the rat vampire is probably the least interesting thing about the movie. Right. Um, eventually, Barbara gets bitten by one of the rat vampires, and she starts turning, and that's that's a lot of fun getting the chance to see because she's always trying to cover up with scarves, and she's turning pale. And even and though the rat vampire is played by Bonnie Aarons, I know Bonnie. Yeah, Bonnie Aarons was Volok yeah, the like, Volok the Nun. Yeah, which uh, I didn't know that until after we talked to Travis Stevens. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that when he mentioned it, I was like, like "Who's wait, Bonnie what? Aarons?" Yeah, I was no, like, "Wait, what?" It's the nun. Yeah. yeah. So um, you yeah, know, the, listen, the, the, be the, sure to listen to our interview with. Travis Stevens, yeah. though it yeah, is he, on the mm-hmm. it is on the website. He was he was very generous with his time, and yep. we got a, we got a good interview with him. Um, so you know, I think that this is the it actually is a bit autobiographical sure. of uh, of Barbara Crampton's career mm-hmm. because it, uh, she had she was a sexy young starlet, and then when she hit her thirties, she stopped getting some of the better right. roles. Uh, partly because Stuart Gordon wasn't producing as many movies, but right. but she she didn't stick, and then so she was out of the film industry for the better part of fifteen years, yeah. and then came came back with Your Next, and that mm-hmm. kickstarted her career, and now she's producing movies, and and the great thing is that that becoming a vampire for Jacob's wife, uh, Annie. Uh, is so, is is a way. It's a transitional career. It's like you know a lot of a lot of uh, uh, rite of passage movies are about teenagers hitting adolescence and then become getting free of their of their of their of, of their response or or becoming adults and all the right. freedoms that, that has. This is like hitting retirement age <laughs> and all of a sudden getting the freedom to now do what you want, right? And releasing yourself from the the constraints of a of a marriage gone stale. And uh, it has the possibility the marriage might work out, or Larry might be lunch meat. Yeah, it, it, was, it was. You know, that was that's kind of the fun thing, and that would be, hey, give me Jacob's wife too, and find out if Larry made it made it out of alive after the whole thing. Yeah, because that was a partnership at the end. But you know, she's a vampire. And um. Anyways, I I I had a lot of fun with it because I adore both of the actors. Yeah. Um. And you know, I think that it it was uh, uh a a it was also. You know, I think 
Travis was also saying, don't forget, it's really fucking gory. Right, but right. It is. It is. Yeah. It, is it is gory, and, and, it's, and it's got a lot of a kind of uh, splashy uh, vampire effects. But really, at, at its core, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a story about an aging couple and what they're going to do with their lives. And, I, and, and being a middle-aged dude, it's like, get it. I totally get it. <laughs> so anyways, Mike, what's your number two? My number two is uh, it's a, little bit of a, a little bit of a twist here because uh, this is a film. This is a film both from uh, 2021, uh, and it's also a film that is from... Um, 1973. <laughs> this ah. is George Romero's The Amusement oh. Park. Ah. Gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying I like this movie because I love George Romero. But you and do. Worship but the you do. undead yeah. ground he walks on. But yeah, it's it's a really, really interesting film. This, of course, you've probably you've uh, probably read the review already that we did, uh, but and you've probably read up a little bit on it already. Um, but this is a, this was a, George Romero was hired to do a PSA on sort of elder abuse and what he turned into the Lutheran services of Pittsburgh was this hour long psychedelic rumination on the, um, the horrors of elder abuse. And, uh, this film of course stars Lincoln Mazel, who was later on, uh, it was only really in one other film and that was George Romero's Martin. Um, so they, they did stick together for, for a couple, um, a couple projects, but this really fixates on the, the horrors of aging, you know, fixed budgets, loneliness, uh, health conditions, access to healthcare. Wow, back to back old person issue. I, I know, know, huh? I know. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, maybe there's a trend here. <laughs> um, the funny thing was, uh, Lincoln Mazel, of course, would go on to, uh, when he did this film in 1973, he would go on to live until he was 106 years old and died in 2009. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) So yeah, he he lived for quite a few years after he did uh, The Amusement Park. But it's a really great film. It's really interesting. They used a bunch of um, actual senior citizens from a local senior home because uh, George Romero wanted it to try to be as legit as possible, and it's all filmed at an amusement park in Pittsburgh. I have no idea if that amusement park is still standing uh, today or not. I'm guessing yeah, it's it. probably not. But it really, I mean, it, it it obviously hits the nail like way on the head with regard to elder abuse. He doesn't pull any punches. It's not so much metaphorical as it is literal uh, literal elder abuse and 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 the pitfalls associated with becoming old. But I think the thing that's really uh, cool about it is that you, you you won't see any flourishes or you won't see any like uh, jump forward to sort of Dawn of the Dead, but you will definitely see a lot of the same flourishes from um, uh, from Martin and certainly Season of the Witch. You uh, the, those will those will like mm-hmm. those will resonate with you as you watch the amusement park. No, it sounds like more of a dark drama than a horror. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it's? Would you qualify it as a horror movie? I, yeah, I, you know, I would. I would for a, horror just because we're old now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, don't hit me. Well, I, I mean, that's what uh, that's what I said. Uh, I said uh, in my review, I said the world of horror is filled with, you know, ghosts and homicidal nutcases and Pazuzu and everything else. But nothing is more frightening than the prospect of losing your mental and physical faculties and facing the sad and potentially finite end of life. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, it's horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 your number's coming. Your number's coming, whether you want it to or not. Right. So yeah, good film. You can see it on Shutter. They were the ones that resurrected it. The George Romero Foundation mm-hmm. uh, were the ones that did the the full restoration of it. Uh, which was pretty cool, and it is now available for streaming on Shutter. And I think that's the only place you can watch it. All right, huh. Liz, what do you sorry. got? All right, sorry, but I'm, my number three is Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric gave this a two and a half out of five stars. Uh, I didn't see this until very, very recently. Um, I really liked it. <laughs> I liked the first 15 minutes. I, I you thought. know, there was definitely problems with it. I'm not going to say it was like an amazing movie, but I really, I mean, I remember when this came or like buzz was coming out and I was like, Chris rock wants to reboot saw like what, what I am here for it. Cause I'm so intrigued by what that's going to look like. And it looked like a, Police procedural, which everybody who listens and reads knows that uh, that's my jam. I like that. Uh, but I also like the original saws. So I agree with a lot of your points. Um, <laughs> but I had a really great time with this film. Uh, Wayne figured it out in about the first five minutes of the movie. Uh-huh. But <laughs> did, did he spoil it? No, but, you know, we always say, like, okay, this is it, and we'll try to pick, like, the most weird thing that could be, and <laughs> turns out. I, oh, yep. I will admit that I guessed wrong, yeah. and Amy guessed I guess right. Wrong. Amy also. had it pegged at about the 20-minute marker. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I, there's uh, no way. It was like, <laughs> and it's like, look, look, you know, now he's dead. It's like, mm, no, I'm still yeah. wrong. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I had a good time with it. Uh, it it's not as good as the first one. It's Darren Lynn Bowsman though, so it's always nice to yeah. see what he is doing. And Darren Lynn <sighs> Bowsman is a total class act. Yeah, he's Thank a yeah. really good guy. And I just think that I don't know. For me, it was fun, and I actually liked the less uh, showing of the traps. I mean, Saw has always got, you know, the amazing traps and that's Mm -hmm. the whole point of the movies. But I actually kind of liked the police procedural (laughs) part better because I just like that. And I liked that Chris Rock was not just doing, you know, another Chris Rock and Adam Sandler movie and trying to do something different. Don't get me wrong. I I love those too. I think I would like to see Chris Rock try and do more horror. I think, yeah, yeah. I I think that, uh, there were parts of it where you know, and and it was always fun to see the comedian Chris Rock come out on occasion. Oh yeah, and because when it came out, you go, "That's right, that's who I'm watching here." But he did, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he 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 turned up his intensity level. Uh, he's a bigger dude than I would have thought. Either that, or they cast a bunch of small actors around him because it's like, <laughs> uh, it's like you're. I always thought Chris Rock was a little dude, right? Um, but uh, he's got some real stage presence. Um, and he can, he really does. He, he really does. He can carry a movie. I I think my my issues were that it got twisty it's for twisty. Silly. Yeah. I mean, okay. give me a break. Yeah, it's <laughs> silly, but it was still really fun. It had some good kills. I really liked Chris Rock. He was channeling like a dude that's watched Training Day about five hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to live out Denzel uh, totally. fantasies. But uh, yeah. I, I really liked it. I had a great time with it. 
Okay, it's well, definitely I, not good for everybody, but I, I liked so it. I have, have to do it to yep. be type. I haven't seen it, so I will be the arbiter of uh, yeah. Weather Saw Spiral, I, the I, book of... Spiral from the book of Saw. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's <laughs> funny, actually, because um, uh, Liz and I are on opposite sides of the fence for St. Agatha. Right, which, oh, is, God, his, which yeah. is Darren Lynn Bousman's previous. Oh, actually, no, he's had a movie in between. Um, but his 2018 film, I loved it, and Liz hated it. I did not like that at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now we're, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, sort of crossing, uh, crossing the streams here. Yep. All hey, right. But I'll see what he does. You know, I'll, I'll always yeah. give him a chance because yes. I like most stuff yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so my number three uh, also. From South by Southwest mm-hmm. uh, is a uh, an unusual um, eco horror movie, um, it, and this is uh, Gaia. Yeah. Um, so Mother oh, Earth okay. just may have it in for us, uh, and it's the this movie. It's a sound from South Africa, right? And it's beautiful. It's quiet. It's creepy, and it's full of spores. Um, <laughs> In an age where humans are wrecking havoc environmentally across the globe, perhaps Mother Earth will find a way to reclaim a balance uh, that, that, due to human activity, has pushed the scales perhaps past the tipping point of recovery. Perhaps Gaia will find a little bit of payback. And perhaps your rooting interest here might not be in the actual nominal protagonist, but in the corrupting power of nature run amok. Um, it's it, the man. We got to redo the Arbor Day episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get this yeah. one. Get yeah. this one this, on here. This one would totally be on there because what what there's a there are some um, um, South African field ecologists who are going out in into uh, this this woodland, and it's an unusual woodland because it's actually a in South Africa. It's at the tip of the, the southern tip of South Africa is where this this park is, and it's right. actually a temperate. Rainforest, as opposed to a tropical rainforest. Right, um, right. So it's a, it, so it's full of African plants. It's a very, very unusual looking place. Um, and uh, anyway, so they're they're doing they're taking some samples and and uh, this the 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 lead uh, Gabby uh, played by Monique Rockman loses the company drone just sort of horsing around flying into the jungle and it runs into some guy in a bunch of like a who's gone completely aboriginal and they, and, and he smashes the drone and she goes and, and it's like, Oh no. And so she goes to try and find the drone. And it turns out that the, the, um, these, there's two guys who've gone feral. They're actually Afrikaners. So that's not like, you know, African Bush people. They're kind of like white guys gone native kind of strange. But anyways, they, uh, They've been setting traps up all around, and she steps into one of uh, like this, this, this the spore things. Uh, it's not a spore. This one's not a spore trap. This is a like a wooden spike trap. Oh, okay. And and it hobbles her, and right. she she has no idea what's going on. She stumbles around, and she finds her way into a cabin in the woods, uh, which is happens to be their cabin. Um, and these guys apparently they were uh, the, the there's there's a, the older man is a scientist. Who had been doing research on uh, on this ecosystem, and he's gone kind of nuts. Um, but the other thing that's been happening is that the forest has been claiming through fungal spores other people and turning them into fungus people, 
Uh, and yeah, this is going on the Arbor Day list. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, got it, to. It it it, ha- it 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 is. This is this purely is, based on the fact that there's no other Arbor Gaia, Day films. Gaia gonna get you. <laughs> um, and you know, it is. It's it it's it's the it's one of those kind of. It has a lot of dreamy kind of uh, kind of elements to it. Uh, there are there are times where it looks like it's a a natural National Geographic kind right. of close up, and you see this mushroom open up and then you see all the spores go out and right, then right, right. and and her partner goes out trying to find because her boss is like oh I, I lost my i lost my colleague i better go out and find her he he falls victim to mushroom spores and he and it's it ain't pretty they just these these mushrooms they they start they start getting into your system and turning you turning you mushroom from inside inside out uh, fast, fast uh, decomposition stuff, and then you start walking around mindless like a fungus dude. Uh, it's and it's it is it's it's somber, but it's also it's got some it's got some good kind of uh, creature feature action. Yeah, uh, mo- monsters busting mm-hmm. in at night, chasing you around, but Heck also yeah. it's like hold your breath, right? <laughs> right, and it has a great a uh, great ending of uh, involving a moldy cheese sandwich. <laughs> so anyways i don't I, i'm not sure if this one has hit uh Am- amazon or uh shutter or anything like that yet uh but the fact that it was playing at south by southwest mm-hmm. um suggests that it's probably going to get picked up by somebody there's there's a lot of stuff in, in, that sort of reminds me a bit of annihilation okay in in, in tone right um it's it has kind of that gauzy uh, surreal uh, aspect about it. It's very exotic. Okay. Um, okay. Go see. Go see Gaia. Gaia. All right. Uh, my next film is a film that um, uh, Joseph Perry first mentioned. I eventually watched it for South by Southwest. Speaking of South by Southwest, and Joseph Perry said, don't turn this film off. And I'm here to tell you, don't turn this film off. This is a movie directed by Lee Haven Jones, and it is called The Feast. Um, I can't wait to see this. It's so good. <laughs> I don't think it's available anywhere no. yet. I just looked around, but it's it basically just involves a, a family who decides to hold a, a, a big feast in their, their hyper-modern uh, country estate. Uh, to sort of parade their wealth in front of their family and friends. And they also have sort of an ulterior motive, which is they're trying to sell their neighbors on oil and gas development on their properties because they have done oil and gas and mineral development on their property, and they're trying to sell their neighbors on it. Uh, Meanwhile, there is a young woman that they have hired from the local community who is assisting them with the feast. And that is all I'm going to say about the feast uh, it sounds boring. It doesn't sound like a horror movie. Stick with it because the third act of this film is so bonkers. It's like nothing I have ever seen before. And this feast turns into an absolutely... Don't say anything else. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely insane is it, twist. Is this going to go on to food horror? Uh, it's, it's like, yeah, just, I mean, just like... Uh, just like we should add uh, to Gaia to, Ar- Gaia to Arbor Day, 
Uh, yeah, this this absolutely has to be added to food horror. We're, we're going to have to so, come up with a dead list for our, for our food horror. Yes, food horror. Yeah, and it yeah. looks like it's going to be coming out in November. I can't wait till November. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, geez, it's already it's, August. Yeah, it's good. Um, and much like Wrong Turn, it's staying on my list. All right, Liz, oh. what do you got? What do you got next? Okay, uh, uh, my next. So my number two is the Forever Purge. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. We all pretty much agreed on this one. I gave it a four out of five. This yep, was my yep. first movie back in the theaters after 16-ish long, long months. <laughs> and wow. Uh, <laughs> it was one that I will not forget my theater going experience. Um, the Fur- Purge franchise seems to... I don't know if they have like a crystal ball or something. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it was made in 2019. Right. Like and it was before all January about 2020. 6, right. And it was all about 2020. I don't <laughs> understand. I mean, how they do it, but every single one of them is in the same universe. They're a bit different. You care about the characters every time. They are also a little bit of Mad Max warriors, craziness. I mean, so they're over the top, yeah. but they, uh, it's intense. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't understand how this team uh, is directed by someone named Everardo Goat. Yep. And uh, it, I'm like speechless about it. And to be speechless, and I even said in my review, like, I feel like I, I think I just called a Bloomhouse film art. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, the whole thing that I was thinking was we had talked in horror documentaries about um, horror and red, white, and blue about yeah. like the American horror movie, the Purge franchise. When they make an American, like yeah. talk about American horror, will describe the decade. The oh entire my. franchise will decide what is going on right in, in America yeah. for the past, you know, ten years since the original one came out. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah, it's because it's, it's got some. It's got. Clearly, it's got the border, the the border security issue. Yep. It's yeah. Got, it's I, got I, the, you know, the previous one was a Black Lives Matter. Yep. Kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, Election Day, which I actually watched on video the night of the 2016 election. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was already, oh, you know, oh, halfway drunk and crying the whole time, and I was like, how, <laughs> Why am I watching this? Panic like, in the how, streets of New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, it was. I just don't understand. And the fact that this is all in all, when the first one came out, I was like, what a great idea. This is a really creative movie, but they took it, have pivoted, have been able to just be ahead of what is going on. And even though they're kind of ridiculous and silly, they're really freaking good. I mean, it is hard to be able to be both those things. I think this was my favorite. This has been my favorite every time of the, um, of the series was, was, uh, um, forever purge. I might agree with you. I always say the first one just because it kicked it off and the, the idea was so creative, but this would be number one or number two. I agree. Yeah, it's. Uh, I agree with everything you said, Liz. I think it's a. I think it's a really, really wonderful film. I gave it. I also gave it four, four out of five. Yeah. Stars, five yeah. stars. My my only complaint. It was such a small complaint. Was I? I really wish they would have like taken a slightly sharper tone with regard to in in light of the whole January sixth insurrection i i wish they would have like taken a slightly sharper tone with that 
but otherwise but it was made before it was supposed I know, to have I know. been released but oh. they have a crystal ball right so <laughs> yeah <laughs> they really did they should know all this stuff well, no it's did, a, such a good film such was, a good film there was a little bit i think that that uh they pulled back a little bit on their political the political edge, right? Because that they they, they had, had to, or people would have yeah. been like rioting in the freaking theaters. <laughs> they, uh, they had they had the uh, the Antifa like uh, a bandito guys yeah. who, who took out the, the the ranch, and 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 then the what would normally be you know sort of the wealthy wealthy Texas ranchers, right? right. Um, with, uh, well, that's what was so great about it was that they like they really clear that that part of it I love where they clearly questioned American exceptionalism and they you know they really made a point of saying you know it's not about besting your neighbor and one-upping your neighbor it's about helping out your neighbor yeah and I was yeah. like that's such an awesome and such a simple construct yeah and, right and, and, but and, what I was thinking also is that movie the hunt got yeah. like pulled and banned after like right. a shooting how in the world did this even get released yeah. I don't right. understand how it made well, it into it, the theater it, it, it got released because because there was a change in political leadership at the top who wasn't going to complain <laughs> yeah. as much about a movie like this. Right, right. I couldn't. I, I don't know. I think in, in, in a Trump administration, I don't know if, they, if that somebody would have put, a, put the brakes on that movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah, probably. I'm. I was literally like speechless when I walked out, and you know, yes, you're a little bit uplifted at the end, but that was an emotional roller coaster, which I would never have thought I would have gotten <laughs> right. from the Purge franchise. Like, so wow, it, it was really great. Yep. All right. So my number two, uh, I'm continuing the trend of sequels. Oh. Um, so okay. this is uh, a worthy sequel to the science fiction horror modern classic, A Quiet Place Part Two. Uh. Oh, yeah. This is very much, and, and as sequels go, I think it benefited a lot from having the first one being a massive hit. Right. Right. And yeah. To the point where they went, go ahead and keep shooting. And it's better than the first. <laughs> I totally disagree. Yeah. But sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm I was a fan of the first one. Yep. Uh, I am I'm a fan of the second one because what it feels like is it's just an extension of the first movie. Totally, totally. Uh, it yeah. takes up. It's like right after, right after the tragic events to take out. Uh, uh, Krasinski and, and, and Jim Halpert. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. Jim 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 gets lunched by a death angel, and uh, and and uh, forcing Emily Blunt, Noah Jupe, and Millicent Simmons to go on the run. Um, they I thought they 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 stum- stumbling into Killian Murphy uh, as who does the classic Killian Murphy nervous twitchy protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, do you trust him or do you not trust him? Right, All the right. way back to twenty-eight days later, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he he he's managed to play this um, kind of odd, but oddly charismatic protagonist too. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I think the the it it it, it doesn't break as much new ground. Right? Sure, it, it but it 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 keeps the. You know the stakes are high now. You, now that you have a baby who's gonna cry, and then right. and, and and there's these moments like the like the 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 Noah Jupe with the baby in the vault, and the vault closes, and all of a sudden he's gonna run out of oxygen. It's like, oh god, <laughs> and, and 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 I think what what it what it also proves is Krasinski still got it as a director that 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 um, 
you know, I don't know, you know, that they will probably, because Quiet Place 2 also did well, they will probably do a Quiet Place 3 because uh, it, it's, it, it, it's a money maker. So you're, um, you're saying it's the new, it's the new wrong turn. It it could be. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think the wrong turn had a bit of a dead patch in the middle. From what I granted, I've only seen the first one, so um, you know. I think this is it, it. You know, as it it's a. Sometimes it's hard to forget. This is a PG thirteen movie, and yet it has all of the. The, you know, it's got more tension than your than most any R-rated movie that you've got. It really oh, it, yeah, yeah. It pins fair, and needles. And, and there are some things where he knows how to set up foreshadowing. Yep. With yep. This, well, you know, of course, classically in the first one, the, it the was nail and the nail stairs. The yep. stairs. Um, and they show it. This it, it, it makes, <laughs> again, it, it makes it, a, it a comes comeback. Back, and so does the yeah. little the space shuttle challenger toy comes back yep. at the very beginning. With the, you get a little bit of the prequel thing, which was. Uh, which was uh, a spectacular bit of a, of a prologue. Um, don't need to probably explain too much about this movie. A lot of people have seen it. A lot of our fans probably are familiar with it. it and for those of you who are reluctant because you're afraid of big franchises, this is a good big franchise. This is, this it is. is this is one that's worth paying money for. And I and I I would like you know horror fans to support this because supporting the 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 the, the, the big ticket ones. Will allow some of uh, the uh, producers to take chances on some of the smaller stuff when they're done well, when they have a good story and good actors. Hopefully, you know, that is the case. That is, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be hoping for, and and you know, so we'll be pulling for Halloween coming down here. Halloween kills. Yes, same, yes, same, we will. same reason because it's like you got it. These got to win. Yep, indeed. Got to keep the hot streak. Indeed. indeed so that's indeed. that's my number two. What you got, Mike? Uh, well, since I followed you on uh, South by Southwest, uh, I'm going to follow you on sequels, and I'm going to talk a little bit about a film called The Conjuring Part 3, <laughs> which I gave four out of five stars. I know you guys didn't like it as much as I did, but I think it is absolutely exciting because it starts with one of the most explosive bang zoom mm-hmm. scenes mm-hmm. in horror movie history, and it never takes its foot off the gas for the entire 112 minutes. I really liked it a lot. I think Michael Chavez had something to prove uh, after The Curse of La Llorona, which was pretty bad. Oh, he did that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty darn bad. But I think what's great is, you know, he gives us an absolute, you know, just total thrill ride with Satanism and ghosts and witches and zombies and... Ed and Lorraine Lauren, or yep. Ed mm-hmm. and Lorraine Warren, not Ed and Lorraine, blah, blah, blah. Ed Warren and Lorraine, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, really, really wonderful. Um, you know, I think my only complaint about this, uh, if if I was going to say anything, it's sort of the, the third act, and it's kind of the same problem with the first two Conjuring films, because it's a big budget Hollywood film, they got to throw in this big you know, sort of climactic, you know, good versus evil. Battle at the altar. Battle at the altar Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I saw it coming a million miles away. And I'm like, I was just waiting for it the whole time. And there it was. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, you know, I guess you got to do that with these big budget Hollywood films because they get the, these things get the, the, the holy hell, no pun intended, focus grouped out of them. (laughs) And this one did. And, you know, it, which is not to say it doesn't take it, it doesn't take away a lot from the film because you know it's coming and you you know to expect. That's what it. made the the opening sequence so wonderful. Exactly was that it gave you, yeah. it it gave you the full flourish. Yep. In the first fifteen minutes. Yep. It was which was 
astounding. Yep. Um, yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. I, you know, my my take on this is that it that it had a lot of wonderful elements, particularly the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem was that they sold this as a rip from the headlines, right. true crime thing, and it's like. Yeah, but boy, yeah. it was kind of it's like you didn't that like the like I was hoping that it was like the devil made me do it. Where the trial and the, the, yeah. they make a big That's thing about I the trial. That's what I thought it was and, supposed to be like a courtroom, yeah. right? And instead, no, the kid the kid's in the jail, and then he gets a visitation yeah. from the the uh, ghost in the jail, and it was like yeah. Yeah, I think that's that would that stretches the credibility of this thing when you're trying to make it kind of in real context. True, and if you do, if you do your real yeah. Ed and Lorraine. Warren research and you research the trial, things didn't quite shake out the same way yeah, exactly. They, they didn't take the kid out into the infirmary where yeah, yeah, could, yeah, that kind of. That, but but, uh, but otherwise, yeah, but, really, really fun, fun, super fun horror movie for 2021, and mm-hmm. I hope that they go back to it. No, they will again. Yeah, Patrick Wilson and Vera oh, Farmiga yeah. are fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah. So I just dis- despite my. Some of my criticisms, it's still a, good, uh, a really good movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. I had it as like a runner up. Yep. 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 All right. Liz, what do you got for your okay. number one horror my movie? My number one is a movie from 2019 that was supposed <laughs> to come out in 2020 that got yeah. pushed to 2021. And it is St. Maude. Oh, um, no, yeah, shoot. forgot that even came out this God, year. It came out I this forgot year. about this one too. Crap. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I forgot about it to the point where I still haven't seen it yet. So. Oh, <laughs> man, it's, it's on good. Prime. Yep. And uh, I have seen it three times now. Uh, it is so short. I mean, it's it like is. 90 minutes long. It's so short. I even had to, though, go back to my review and make sure it came out this year because I was like, what even is time anyway? But it did. came out at the end of January. Um, I gave this five out of five stars. It is written and directed by Rose Glass. It is her feature, and it is so freaking good. Uh, Wow. Stars Morphed Clark and Jennifer Ely and... uh, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. It the final shot alone is worth the price of admission for this movie. But if you have Prime, you don't have to pay for Can it. Can you give me a simple uh, a simple hook on, on what? Yes. Yeah. So uh, Katie is a nurse who tries to save a patient doing CPR and loses him. So she becomes a devout Catholic, changes her name to Maud and starts working as like a, you know, a private hospice nurse. And she gets sent to care for Amanda, who is a choreographer played by Jennifer Ely. And she's terminally ill with stage four lymphoma. So Maud thinks that the Lord has sent her to save Jennifer's soul. Uh, it doesn't work. Maud <laughs> <laughs> gets fired. And, uh, kind of freaks out really and uh, decides that she is the only one that can save Jennifer's soul, whether she has a job there or not. And, you know, religious fanaticism ensues. Yeah. It it, is, and that's what's so, you gotta see it. It's so good. It is such, it's a slow burn though too. That's it's, the thing. It's I like, I my review a 24 to the nth degree. I yeah. mean, this is, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. High, high, high quality art house. Yeah, and oh, I, yeah. I loved how they they bent all they sort of like 
they kind of bent your your uh, preconceived notions about like yeah like who 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 is good is mod good is right. is mod bad right. is christianity good is christianity bad is the choreographer right. good is she bad like who like and the, by the end of the film you're still going ah, i know there's a lot yeah. of religious fanaticism in here but maybe it's well placed <laughs> yeah yeah it's so good and um oh you could use your Fangoria discount to buy the back issue that has St. Maud on the cover. There is a fantastic interview with Rose Glass. It's yes, so good. Yes. And, and, and you can lots save 20% of behind the scenes when stuff. You do it. And yeah. you can save 20% off it. So God bless get you. that issue. God that bless is, you. That, <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll do a mic and I'll say this will 100% be on my top 10 of the yeah. year list. This might be on my top stars. 10. Too. It could stay at number one. I don't know. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. All right, Eric, what do you got for your number one? All right, well, I have a a movie that original title was Bumperkleef. Uh, what? And it's, this, uh, are you talking about the barge people again? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is actually uh, so. This is a Dutch film, and Bumperkleef in um, in Dutch is uh, Tailgate. Oh so yeah, this was yeah. They, they, this was uh, the highlight of the North Bend Film Festival, which admittedly. Kind of a letdown. They didn't have much horror yeah. uh, uh, available to us. But what they did give me was awesome. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, this is the ultimate road rage movie that collides with a nail-biting home invasion film. Um, it, mm. uh, it absolutely pours the intensity in a way unseen in many a year. Uh, and this is uh, a rude and headstrong man picks the wrong enemy in a highway tailgating incident, subjecting his entire family to the revenge of a nuanced killer who uses rat poison as as his weapon of choice. And I think the lesson of this story is don't be a jerk. Don't be, yes. (laughs) It has a funny way of catching up with you. So Hans, (laughs) uh, an actor named Joren Spitzenberger, is an impatient man, and that's putting it kindly. He and his wife... Diana, played by Anique Pfeiffer, and his two young daughters, Milou and Rabin, are traveling to his parents' house to celebrate his father's birthday. It is a high-stress family event. His father is something of an invalid, and his mother is a manipulator, and they are running late. And so immediately we can see that Hans has a short fuse, and he barks at his wife for forgetting her, her sunglasses, and he yells at the kids for horsing around in the back seat, and they get to driving, and he has got his his fancy Volvo Turbo, and he's got it flooring it, going way too fast on the Dutch version of the Autobahn. I'm not sure what that is, but it's a, you know, on the freeway, and and there's a there's a white pit trailer van or a a panel panel van that's in the fast lane, but it's probably going in kilometers per hour i'm not sure what it is but in our in in the us it'd probably be going 55 in the fast lane right right and so he just gets right up on his ass and starts like honking him and flashing and then the and uh starts you know if you've ever been with somebody who has road rage and they mm-hmm. and, and and you listen to them like yelling at the in in the car at right, the driver right, right. in front of them right, that's right. what hans does and, <laughs> and and then the kids start picking up on it and they're horsing around and he gets distracted and the and the guy in the van pumps his brakes and and then that just infuriates him. Right. They right. eventually, you know, and so that and it was like near crash and everybody freaks out. And of course the stress that they're supposed to be going to a family thing. 
they run, they, they pull off to a gas station, and the guy in the panel van, who happens to be the guy, this is the serial killer right. with the rat poison. Right, right, right. He's a he's he, he's an unassuming looking, mild looking guy, but he's like seven feet tall. He's a really tall guy. So would you would you say this is more more like the Hitcher, more like Vanishing, or more like Jeepers well, Creepers? Like, ah, it's got well, it's got in some, terms of in terms of like a ro- good good it is, selection there. It, it, there's a lot of Jeepers Creepers to the dad. Dad, he's still behind us. Right, and, right, you know, right. But he you know he catches him and he just douses them with rat poison. What? And, you know, it's like, it is, it's... Okay, no spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. It, uh, that's just, so you, that's, so just think, that's just half, that's just, that's early in the second act. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, yeah. a lot of movie left. There, so they're, they're, he's, he's got them on the run, but he sure. also confronts them and it doesn't help that Hans is a jerk. Yeah. Because he goes, why did you cut me off? Right, right, or, right. Or why are you tailgating? Right. That's not pleasant. And he starts warning the children. It's like, your daddy's breaking the law. Right, and so he, of course, is flipping out, and he's going. He's like, tries to take a swing at this guy, and the, and it's like, no, I'll get him back in the car. Let's say, let's get, let's just go to grandma's house. Uh, it doesn't go well. Right, right, right. Okay, it doesn't. Okay. It just flat out. It just. All right. It and I gotta see this. And and if you've ever been paranoid about that guy's following me, and or it's like when do you, were you ever a little kid and in the back seat, it's like watching someone's thinking there's something like a spy behind you in the car, but uh, on the freeway. I used to. I mean, yeah, yeah, me. sure, sure, <laughs> but, sure. Yeah, but this yeah, is sure. The, 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 the but the little girls were going, Dad, he's still behind us, and so they just start doing all kinds of nutty stuff to try to get away from him, but they can't shake him. It is. It's a thrill ride. It is a capital T thriller. Uh, the acting is top shelf. It is really. It's great acting, and okay. the guy, and, and and the protagonist because Hans is such a jerk. You don't know whether to root for him, but at a certain point, you start feeling sorry for him because he is outmatched. Right. So go see. Go see. Bumper Cleave. Right. Bumper On Prime and uh, yeah, I'd, Google and movies and all that stuff. It's available for rent. Don't is see it, the barge people. Is it out? Yeah. Yet? Okay. Get, <laughs> yep. Get tailgate. Uh, also, um, Gaia is available on. Uh, Amazon Prime for seven bucks. Woo! Cool. So not Come on. Cheap. Well, this one's only three ninety nine. So there you go. There oh you god, go. that's a total steal. It is. It's really good. It's really really good. But All right. You have subtitles though, but don't let that scare you. Since we're running long, I am going to come up with uh, a horror short, and it's a horror short that I saw on Sunday, and it is called Hello. (laughs) Yes! Uh, This is a film that you can't see quite yet, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. It is, I think it ran about 15 or so minutes. Uh, This involves the very first silent film actor. Florence Lawrence. The very first movie star, Florence Lawrence, who is an actual person. Uh, And I did read up a little bit about Florence Lawrence, and it was really fascinating. But it involves a young woman who moves into uh, Florence Lawrence apartment building. And Florence Lawrence was famous for having Hollywood sort of pass her by. And she sat by her phone day in, uh, day in, night in... Nate out day in <laughs> all the time, all the time, a hundred percent of the time. She sat by her phone waiting for her agent to call her and tell her she had, um, she had another opportunity, another filmmaking opportunity. And of course that filmmaking opportunity never came and she ended up killing herself by, uh, eating rat poison, ant uh, paste, or, ant paste. Wow. Not, not rat, po- rat poison, ant paste. That's and a real so, thing. Yeah. And so the young woman moves into the apartment building and she herself is an aspiring young actress. And, uh, 
she is forced to contend with possibly the ghost of Florence Lawrence. It's a great film. We're hopeful uh, that as soon as, well, it, either way, as soon as it comes out, we will definitely notify you good listeners, but we will also uh, try to get up more information about this as soon as humanly possible. Cool. Do you recall the uh, director's name? Uh, I have it right here. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, and actually, I managed to get uh, to, to, to touch base with him after the yeah. After the film said, "Hey, listen, when are you going when whenever you're ready to to release that?" He says in about 6 weeks. Yeah. Um, so we could we could be seeing it here real soon. Hello. So hello. Cool. Uh, directed by uh Tim Schechmeister. Yeah. Tim Schechmeister knows what he's doing. It was he, yeah, really and it's a wonderful production uh and interlaced with just enough information about Florence Lawrence you go, that's interesting. And, and then once you find out it's real, it's like, oh, no way. Yeah. But uh, I, I will tell you this. I have never been so scared at a horror short in my entire life. There were three what? of us sit, right, sitting I side by side, that. actually. It, it's really terrifying. <laughs> it is a really, really terrifying film. And I thought, you know, because mostly either horror films or a lot of the horror shorts are either like really artsy and kind of yeah. kind of uppity and snooty and not really that great, or they're really, really hysterical and funny. And it's, it's, right. it's very, very... Uh, few and far between are the ones that like hit right in, get right into the scares and really legitimately scare you. Right. Without, yeah, that th- was this, it helps that you have this wonderful backstory and that's, that's what makes this. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And the fact that it's, and it turns out this, the, um, uh, the directors, this was in the director's apartment and apparently Florence Lawrence's apartment was directly upstairs from his. Right. Right, right, right. And so that was that's how he found out about it. It was like, oh man, that's serendipity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah, Absolutely. we'll get that posted once we can. All yep. right. I gotta I gotta add this one to my blocks. Yeah. Make sure I see this. Yeah. So, so there we are, halfway through 2021. Okay, so I gotta ask you guys uh, yeah. real quickly before we get out of here, what is what is the one film you're look you absolutely can't wait to see in the second half of twenty twenty one? What is that film? I'll let Liz go while I think about this a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I know I haven't thought, but I'm going to say, top of my head, I'm feeling like it's going to be Candyman. Oh yeah, good choice. Yeah, that was going to be what I was going to say. I think that's that. I've been really looking forward to Candyman. Okay, I, I'm Halloween Kills. Yeah, you got to be Halloween Kills. Halloween I know, kills. huh? <laughs> um, although you know, I think we'll the the stuff that we're going to get at popcorn frights i mean there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be working through a lot so, of really cool looking so stuff who knows yeah you know, there I mean, is cuz the 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 track record of popcorn frights is it's it had uh stuff like satan slaves it had yeah. tigers are not afraid yep it had um come to daddy it had um uh, uh mayhem and it's it just a huge roster of everything that seems to end up on shutter right and was on was at popcorn fright so it's it's a little bit less art house but not quite but but not quite not quite big studio fare so check back in the coming weeks because yeah, so we'll, the, we'll, the, yeah, the website is going to be cram packed full of reviews watch our website uh scariest things yeah scariest things so one, tea. one one one, tea. one last uh bit of uh grave digging is uh want to shout out a uh uh, congratulations and best of luck to our friend David. Uh, he's got a big movie coming out, folks. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's called The Suicide Squad, and he's going to be Polka Dot Man. Yeah, heck yep. yeah. And uh, from everything that we've been here, it's, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. 
Oh my God. Oh, wow. Awesome. And uh, he apparently is the breakout star. So this is, this is, this is David's big, you know, this will be the biggest movie. This is the, his biggest role and uh, couldn't be happier for him. Yep. Good job. David. So, anyways, good, job, good David. job. So we'll be back to to, to you shortly. Bringing uh, what what what's our what do we got next? Tricks and traps. Tricks and traps Tricks and, and puzzles. Traps. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So no 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 taglines today, but we'll catch you next week or two weeks in the future. In the future. In the future. <laughs> <laughs>